Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So we started the book of Romans um, a long time ago, right? Uh, and I knew when I started the book of Romans, uh, before I started the book of Romans, I knew the ninth chapter was coming, <laughs> right? And the ninth chapter is difficult. And... Uh, but I believe if I want to be faithful to God, I don't get to just skip the parts that I don't like, right? Or the parts that are difficult. Uh, so we're going to do our best to, and you say, Pastor, why would you take 33 verses all in one Sunday? Well, this is, this, and I'm going to try and explain it this morning best I can. But here's the honest answer to that question is, um, and I'm just being very truthful and very transparent, I could have broke this down into four or five, six messages and dissected it along. I think most of you would have been bored out of your mind. I think most of you said, I could care less. I don't, I, that, has, that has no effect on me whatsoever. I, I'm just not interested in that. And, uh, and, and I don't mean that as a put down or as a condemnation of you. I just think most of you wouldn't care. Uh, so instead of that, we're going to try to kind of take a, a step back and give a big overview of the entire chapter. And hopefully we can get what God wants for us. <clears throat> so we are a free will Baptist church. And we've had a lot of people come into this church, a lot of new people come into this church, a lot of people from other denominations, and they say this, what, do, everybody knows what Baptist means, what does free will mean, right? I, I, that's, that's been asked over and over and over, what does free will mean? I get the Baptist part, what's free will? Well, here is really the, the, the crux of everything. You know, we say free will Baptist mean a lot of things, but really the, the reason for the word is, if you'll have it, it is the opposite of Calvinism, okay? Most of you don't know what that is. Most of you don't care, right? <laughs> but, but Calvinism, let me, I've, I've preached this before real quickly. Calvinism is basically this. Before you were born, God decided if you go to heaven or if you go to hell. And when you went through all of your life, if you are chosen, if you are elect, you will get saved. You have no choice. You will get saved. If you weren't chosen, you will go to hell. You have no choice. You will go to hell. Okay? That's Calvinism kind of in a nutshell. Free will is you have the will to choose God or to reject God. So, so that's a very, very simplified version of a very complicated uh, subject. I want to say this about it, and then we'll get into the, the, uh, the outline this morning. <clears throat> this is probably... The biggest, and if not the biggest, probably definitely one of the biggest theological debates in all of Christianity. Of everything you can ever debate, this is probably the biggest thing. I've studied it at great lengths. I've listened to many, many people debate it. It's huge. Here's the problem with the subject we're looking at this morning. Here's the problem with the chapter that we're looking at. Here's the problem with the whole thing. Most arguments, I've taught you guys this before, most arguments that I hear in church 
most arguments that I hear from preachers, most things that we conflict on, it's a matter of one person doesn't know what they're talking about and the other person does. Okay? We want to debate salvation, we want to debate all this. And it really comes down to, well, let's just see what the Bible says. If we take the verses in context, compare them to other verses in the Bible, get to definitions, understand who they're writing to and who is writing it, we can understand this. And that's the way it is with almost everything in the Bible. So every argument we've ever had at Sand Hill, every argument I hear other people talking about, you can just go to the Bible, say, let's see what the Bible says. Usually someone's taking something out of context, not doing it right, and you say, you're right, you're wrong. You probably never thought you'd hear your pastor say this because I've really beat that horse for a long time of what I just said about determining who's right and wrong. Here's the problem. You can't do that with this subject. <laughs> okay. <laughs> never thought you'd hear me say that, did you? See, here's the thing. I have heard some extremely godly men who were filled with the Spirit, who have all of their doctrine right on everything, debate very meticulously from the Scriptures, very accurately, that the Bible teaches predestination Calvinism. I have heard equally some very godly men filled with the Spirit use the Bible very accurately in context, to prove that Calvinism was wrong. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? And so I, as your pastor, have studied it at great lengths. And I'm going to give you my conclusion this morning. I've told you guys this before. Brother Miguel come in to the church. I don't think he'd been preaching very long at all. And that was one of the very first questions he ever asked me. Come in my office and said, Pastor, do we believe in Calvinism? <laughs> That was one of the very first thing he said when he came in. We believe in Calvinism. And so uh, it is a huge, huge thing. But here's the thing, guys. Although it's a huge thing, although it is a difficult thing, I honestly believe this is not an insult. This is not a condemnation. This is nothing else. I honestly believe that 95% of you could absolutely care less. I just think you guys don't care. I just I think it's something you say, Pastor, let's talk about Jesus. Don't worry about Calvinism and Arminianism and all that. doesn't matter. So that's why we're going to just get through the ninth chapter, move on, and but we're going to not waste today. We're going to we're going to try to make this uh, edifying this morning. <clears throat> so the question I have been asking myself, and I have been begging God, is I don't want to skip chapter nine. It is a difficult text. How do I make it relevant for all of you? I can stand up here and talk about Calvinism and Arminianism for an hour. You guys will go home and ward out of your minds. I wish I went, would have stayed home this morning, right? Um, how do I make it relevant? And that's my desire this morning is to, is to give you something to take home and say, that, that spoke to my heart uh, instead of Gary was talking about some rant and raving. So here's my desire as I preach, to go through the outline. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do the best to give you something to take home this morning. And, and, and here's this, just so, just so you know, everybody here knows how Gary's mind works, right? Renee knows how Gary's mind works. I could, on this subject, I could very easily rant and rave and ramble and give you all of the different ins and outs and everything else of it for five hours, okay? Very easily. Huge, huge subject. Again, nobody cares. 
<laughs> Nobody cares. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you a very, the reason I'm saying that is someone's going to say, Pastor, that was too simple. I'm simplifying everything just so you can take something home and, and you don't have to listen to me ramble about all the, it could be this and it could be that. Okay, you with me? So the first thing we look at, if we look at this whole entire chapter, as well as the entire word of God, uh, I, I want to lay out to you some things we really can't, uh, can't debate about. And the first point is God's plan for salvation. So whether you are a Calvinist or an Arminian, whether you believe in free will or the sovereignty of God, whatever you believe, you, you have to believe these things. If you're a Bible believer and you read the ninth chapter of Romans as well as the entire Bible, is it true or is it not true that out of all of the people on the planet, God Almighty looked down and found one man and said, you're my man. Abraham. <laughs> he even told Abraham, I didn't do it because you were special. I didn't do it because you were better. I didn't do it. I just said, I want you. He chose Abraham. Out of Abraham, he said, a great seed will come. And he said, literally, from a man who had no children, you literally, your descendants will change the entire world. Did that happen? That did happen. Right? We, we, that's, just, that's just Bible knowledge. Israel, as God's chosen people, received, we call it the law, the word of God. Is that true? Did the Old Testament come to the Gentiles? Nope. Come to the Jews. The Jews received the word of God. And can I just tell you guys, if you understand your Bible, we weren't a part of that. We were, we were no part of that. We were on the outside looking in. Now, he gave the word of God. What'd they do with it? I, I think this is fair. I don't mean to be irreverent. I think this is fair. The Jewish people, they missed the forest for the trees. He gave them the word of God, didn't give it to anybody else except for one family on the planet, and that family missed it. Now, you can't debate that fact. That, that's just Bible knowledge. Israel missed, uh, they got the law, they got the word of God, and they missed it. Jesus came. How many of you know Jesus is important? And the Jews missed it. He was one of them. He was a Jew, he was the Messiah, he was the deliverer, and they totally missed him. Now, you can't debate that fact. That, that's just a fact of the Bible. The Gentiles, whom Jesus was not a part of, whom the word of God did not come to, because Israel rejected the Messiah, we got in. Can we stop right there and say hallelujah? Come on, hallelujah. We were on the outside looking in. Now we're on the inside looking out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We could be looking, we could be sitting here today saying, man, I wish I was a Jew. I, I can't get saved. But praise God, they rejected it. We got in. Amen. Can't debate that. Can't debate that. The Gentiles find grace. And then I want you to get this plain and straight. If anybody's got this messed up, I want you to get this plain and straight. 
Every time the Bible talks about Israel in the Bible, now this is, this is really profound. You'll be really impressed with your pastor. But, I, but I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. Every time the Bible says Israel in the Bible, guess who it's talking about? Israel. Okay. <laughs> it's talking about Israel. Okay. I, I know that's impressive, but, but I, I mean, it, that's what it means. The reason I say that is there is a weird teaching going around that says uh, Israel, all of the prophecies we hear about Israel, that no longer applies. It's the church. And the church took the place of Israel. Oh, no. Israel is a part of God's plan. So Israel was set aside. We were installed. We are the church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. But the church is going to uh, um, give way, and Israel is going to be back in the spotlight. So they're going to come back to grace, and they're going to recognize, oh, he's our Messiah. Now, that's just plain Bible facts, whether you're an Arminian or a Calvinist or whatever you are, that's the plan. But, but the reason I give you that, that's kind of what the whole ninth chapter is about. They were set aside. We got in. They, we, we, uh, they will get back in, and, and, and that's God's plan. So whatever your belief is, do you see with what I just said, I just wrapped up about 5,000 years for you in, in just a few minutes there. Do you guys see that I called it God's plan for salvation? God had a plan for salvation. Started with the Jews, went with the law, then it was Gentiles, and then it'll be back to the Jews. God had a plan. You say, explain all that. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't explain all that. But God had a plan. And that is the plan. And that is what did happen and what will happen. And then that is what Paul is discussing in this chapter is the, if you will, the, the, the Israel being called and then rejecting it and, and Gentiles getting in and all of that good stuff. So here, so, so I want to say this before I go to the next point. We're going to go to part point two, but I want to say this here. I want to say this to everybody. I'm not a Calvinist, okay? I'm, not, I'm trying to make it known what I, what I am, but I'm not a Calvinist, okay? I want to say this. I follow a lot of phenomenal Calvinist. John MacArthur is a Calvinist, okay? He has to be one of my favorites, right? But he's a Calvinist. I don't agree with everything he says about this subject, but the guy's got the Bible right. There's a whole lot of really smart people who are very biblical and very doctrinally right that are Calvinists. I listen to them. I read them. I follow them, but I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not too sure I'm an Arminianist either, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But I said that so as we get to point two. Now, you probably should, right now, you probably should stop and, and just thank the Lord that you're not like me. Okay? <laughs> right? You should, you should thank the Lord that you're not like me. Because most of you, most of you can listen to everything I'm saying and say, I don't care and go back and eat and it's just a nice day. Uh, I, I pulled Rachel aside some time back. Well, I actually pulled Josh aside first. They are my children. And I, and I was discussing a huge, huge, you saw almost as big as this subject, a huge, huge, huge subject in the Bible uh, that, that is really just, I have struggled for like 20 years with it. It is huge, huge. And I said, Josh, we got to talk about this. And he said, Dad, I don't really care. I'm like, this is important. I don't really care. I said, well, we got to tell your sister. I don't want her all messed up and warped. And, and I was going to ruin her. And she'll be ruined the rest of her life. And, and Christian. And he said, Dad. She's not paying attention. She's not, she's not even listening. And so I pulled her in and said, honey, I got to talk to you. We, we, we got to talk about this subject. And, and honey, I, I just want to make sure, I, I, you know, as your dad and your pastor, I don't want you to get misled. And we're, you're reading this book, and I just want to make sure, did you get this wrong? She said, dad, I, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. So I didn't even think about that. Most of you are like my kids. 
right? You should say, thank you, Jesus, you didn't make me like Gary. Because those subjects there, I think for years and years and years and years and years and years on them, and I can't get past them. And, and I think that's part of my calling. It's part of my job. And it's what I do. But you guys don't have to. So when I get done with this, you guys will just say, I don't care if I'm a Calvinist or an Arminian. Right? I'm going to go on living happy, and I love Jesus, and I don't really care about all the rest of that stuff. I think that's okay. I think, I think that's appropriate. But here's a few things to think about. I am not a Calvinist. But here's a few things to think about that make you scratch your head if you're a Bible reader. Could Israel, this is a theological question, you don't have to answer it, just think about it. Could Israel have received the Messiah first? Now, now could they? Think about it. it. Could Israel have said, he's our Messiah, we will take him, and the Gentiles never got in? Could they have? Now, that may depend on whether you're a Calvinist or an Arminian, right? If you're a Calvinist, you say, nope, they couldn't have chose first. It was God's plan. If you're an Arminian, say, yep, they could have. But here's what I want to challenge you with. If you say they could have accepted Christ, then you are acknowledging that we would have all been damned and God didn't make a way for us to get in. Do you know what the way he made for us to get in? Them rejecting Christ. <laughs> right? Gives you something to think about. Gives you something to think about. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not a Calvinist. Could Pharaoh have been righteous? When the children of Israel came in there, could he have said, man, I love these guys. Give me anything they want. If they want to leave, they can leave. Could Pharaoh have done that? Was Pharaoh born and rose up and made the decision, you know what, I think I'll hate Jews and, I'll never, and I'm going to rebel against God. Or did Pharaoh positioned to make the whole thing happen. Here's the problem. I don't have the answer for that question, okay? I don't have the answer for all that. Here's the problem. Josh has been teaching us in Sunday school, but do you realize nearly everything Josh has taught us and nearly everything contained in the Word of God completely goes away if Pharaoh doesn't do what he says? I mean, everything Josh has taught us, gone. Everything the Old Testament says, gone. Everything about the plan of salvation, gone. If Pharaoh doesn't say, can't go. Something about. Something about. Say, Pastor, why would you give us all this stuff that you don't have an answer for? Because I want you to be miserable like me, all right? So anyways, <clears throat> here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Could Esau have been chosen? Before they ever came out of the womb, while they were still in mama's belly, what did God say? I chose Jacob. I rejected Esau. Jacob becomes Israel, which becomes the Jewish people, which becomes really the plan of God's salvation. Could Esau have come out of that womb and said, I want to be in on this too and become one of the chosen people? No. You say, explain it. I can't. I can't. And here's another question for you. And I'm just trying to get you to think just a little bit with me. I'm not a Calvinist. 
Could the Gentiles have completely rejected the Messiah? What I'm trying to show you is, I don't understand all this, but God did have a plan. Do you guys see that God had a plan? It involved Israel, it involved the, the people who rejected it, it involved the, Jew, the Gentiles coming in, it involved the Israel coming back in. It did all of that. God had a plan. And if you say, well, it was just the free will of man the Gentiles chose, then that means that you and I would not be sitting here if someone hadn't made the right decision 2,000 years ago. Okay? Now, no, I don't have the answer for that. So you say, Pastor, I could absolutely could care less what you're talking about. I could care less about any of that. It means nothing to me. And just praise God that you're that way, okay? Praise God you have that luxury of that day you really don't care. And I, and I mean that sincerely. I'm not putting anybody but down or making fun of me. I'm just making that, that very, very clear. So point number three, you're going to love this. So what? So what? Pastor, so what? We don't care about Calvinism. We don't care about Arminianism. We don't care about, we don't care about any of that stuff. We love Jesus. We don't care about any of the rest of that stuff. So what? I want to ask a couple questions. I'm not a Calvinist. I, I just want to ask a couple questions. Is there a reason you are here? See, we've been talking about callings and, and gifts and all the things we've been talking about. And I don't, I don't have the answer to this question. If you come to me at church and say, hey, Pastor, explain it to me, I, I can't. Bessie, you've had a complicated life. Is that fair? Are you just here because you made all the right decisions and ended up here? No. And I think you just might have to be out of your mind to think that. And, and I kind of know Bessie's story. I grew up with her as a teenager. And, you know, I've kind of known her life all the way through. But I just know this. Really, when I really look at the whole thing, when, when, every, when she was making every wrong decision she possibly could, God put her here, and then God got her where he needed her to be, to be here today. You say, is that Calvinism? I don't know. And we can talk about Kevin, we can talk about Spike, we can talk about Terry, we can talk about Richard, we, we can pick out anybody in the congregation. But what I'm saying, is it just all of your good choices that you're here? Or did God have a plan that made this happen? <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> Here's another question for you. All that God has done at Sand Hill. Has God done anything at Sand Hill? All that God has done at Sand Hill and all that God is doing at Sand Hill, is that because you guys make great choices? <laughs> is that because the pastor knows what he's doing, we know everything and we did everything right and God's doing amazing things because we are pretty great? Or is it because God had a plan? They say, explain all that. I can't. I, I, just, I just honestly can't. If you had to climb inside here for a little while and, and see what goes on with what I'm talking about, it, it, it would drive you insane, but I, I, I can't. So I'm going to give you Gary's perspective on this. I have thought about this literally for years. Before Brother Miguel ever came to my office, I had wrestled with it for, for a very long time. Um, I... I've, like I said, I've listened to a lot of preaching, read a lot of books, did a lot of things on it. 
Here's my conclusion, guys. Turn with me to Isaiah 55. It's probably going to be on the screen, but turn it with me to Isaiah 55. You'd like to read it in your Bibles. This is my conclusion on Calvinism and Arminianism. And I mean that very sincerely. I do not mean that disrespectful. This is my conclusion. This is what I believe about Arminianism and Calvinism. Isaiah 55, verse number 8. Are we there? <clears throat> I think it's on the screen. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, now follow me here. The, the, the scientists and astrologers, they, they have this all calculated out. You can look it up online, get, get, get what they say today. It'll change tomorrow, but you can get what they say today. But if you measure from here, planet Earth, to the farthest star that is out there, it, it, is, it is light years away. Literally, light traveling at, at, the, at the speed of light would take it thousands and thousands and thousands of years to get to, to the farthest place out there. And how many of you know that God's on the other side of that? So as far as it is from here on earth to the farthest star away, and then God is even farther than that, that's how much God thinks higher than you think. So this is what me and Mother Miguel's discussed. Uh, again, thank God you're simple, okay? Thank God you don't think this way. But I want to ask, I want to ask a question. This is, this is Gary's thinking on it. The, the whole entire uh, the, theological scholars disagree with Gary on this, but I want, you, I want to ask a question. Can God be sovereignly in control of everything and you still have free will? Because in our minds, that's not possible. If everybody's making the decisions, it makes no difference what decision I make. And if my decisions matter, he's not making all the decisions. That's my way of thinking. But what if God's way of thinking is different than my way of thinking? What if he says, I can be completely sovereign and you can still have free will? Now, here's my thing. The reason all of this... Here, here's my conclusion, guys. Here's my, my honest conclusion on this whole subject. The reason all of the smartest scholars in the, have argued for hundreds of years and can't get this right, it's over their head. It's over their head. It's over all of our heads. You, you, it's, it's, it's too big. You can't get your brain around it. And, and let me just say this in case anybody's going out of here thinking you got this all figured out and Gary's making a bigger deal out of it than what it really is and, and you understand it and Gary just is, is naive. Let me just, let me just get this out of there because th this, is not, this is not what the Bible teaches. Well, Pastor, I got it figured out. It's just like this. Before Pharaoh was born, God just knew what he was going to do because God knows everything. And, and, and so he just knew what he was going to do. That is not the sovereignty of God. That's the omniscience of God. Because God knows everything does not mean... So him knowing what Pharaoh is going to do is his omniscience. His saying, Pharaoh, you have no choice. You will do what I say. That's his sovereignty. So if you come to me and say, I got it all figured out. It just means God knew what was going to happen before it happened. No, no, no. You completely missed the argument. It's not God knowing. Everybody, every, every Arminian out there and every Calvinist out there would all 100% agree God knows everything. 
before it ever happens. The question is, do you decide or does God decide? Okay? So my idea is, it's bigger than me. It, it's over my head. It, it's, it's his ways are higher than my ways. So all of that being said, here's my conclusion, guys. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I mean this just as sincerely and as genuinely as I can. I, I mean this with everything that's in me. I'm thankful I'm saved. Brother Kevin, it might be that I didn't have a choice. It might be that God chose me before the foundation of the world. It might be that a sovereign God decided I was one of his elect and I am saved and didn't have a choice in the matter. Can I tell you, I'm saved. I'm saved. If Calvinists are right and I didn't have a choice, I'm saved. Praise God. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. If it wasn't my choice, if I think it was my choice and it wasn't my choice, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to praise God for that. I'm going to praise God for that. If I made the decision and I got saved, well, I got saved. Can I just say that's really what matters? It isn't the Calvinist or Arminian. It's that I did get saved. Now, this is just a little bit comical. Just a little bit of comedy for those of you that don't want to sleep on me. There's a little bit of comedy. There are, so in Calvinism, if you study it out, there are, there are what we call extreme Calvinists. Extreme Calvinists, not only do they believe that you are, are chosen to be saved or chosen to be loved, but they believe that God controls everything. So here's what a Calvinist believed. Uh, not that I would ever do this, but if I was to start up these stairs and I was to trip and fall and bust my leg real bad, right? They would say, God, God made that happen. It's sovereignly designed. And this is what a Calvinist says. They fall down the stairs. They say, boy, I'm glad I got that over with because God had made me, God made me do it. I wouldn't have no choice. I'm glad I got that over. And so they think everything in life happens and we have no choice whatsoever. And it is all 100% God. I don't know. But here's what I do know. As I look back at my life, not only am I thankful that I'm saved, I can look over my life. And when I was doing a whole lot of things I shouldn't have been doing, God got me where I'm at. Amen. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I can't tell you when I was young, I made really good decisions. That's why I'm the pastor of this church. I did the stupidest things. I did the dumbest things. I, 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 I've been thinking, you know, we had our anniversary this week, and I just have been kind of thinking back over the years we've been married and before I was married. And, 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 and you know, some of you know that I got out of church for a while and did things I shouldn't have everything else. But how easily I could have completely ruined my life with beyond repair. Here's the thing. A lot of guys did. And I didn't. And I know this because I know Gary, and I know how Gary thinks, and I know what Gary did back then. Because <laughs> I was making good decisions. Because <laughs> I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done and made really bad decisions. Since I've been in church, I made some bad decisions. Done some things shouldn't have done. But God still got me here. You say, explain it. It's higher than the heavens are from the earth. Can't explain it. I'm just trying to show you, 
I'm thankful for When I can't explain it, I'm just going to be thankful for it. I'm thankful that I'm saved. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for my journey. And I'm thankful for my calling. We've been talking about callings. I don't know if that, that got anywhere with you guys, but I believe everybody here has a calling. I, I believe that I have a calling. I, I believe back when I was a little boy, there was a calling upon my life. I, I believe when I got away from the Lord and was doing stupid things, I had a calling on my life. I believe since I've been in church and all the stupid things I've done since I've been in church, I had a calling in my life. I believe I'm standing here today because I have a calling in my life. You say, is that Calvinist? I don't know. I just know something bigger than me is going on. Is, can, 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 we, can we at least agree on that? There's something bigger than me going on. I'm not a Calvinist, but there's something bigger than me going on. And I'm not here because I did it all right. I'm here because of God. Amen? And, and I think if you just be real honest, you could say the same for you. <clears throat> so that's me. What about you? Why are you here? Every one of you, every last one of you that are sitting here, why are you here? Just coincidence? Just happenstance? Just, I mean, why are you here? Did you make all the right decisions to get here? Is that why you're here? Is there, is there anybody can look me in the eye and say, Pastor, you know, uh, some of you uh, have been here a long, long time. Some of you have not been here as long. Uh, but all the things that have happened, is there anyone who can really look me in the eye and say, Pastor, I navigated my life since I was a teenager, and that's why I'm here today. <laughs> is there anybody who can say that? I mean, I just orchestrated everything in my life to make, bring me to the point where I came to Sand Hill, and now I'm part of the church. I, I don't know how you even think that way. So why are you here? Could it be that God had a plan for your life to get you right where you're at today? Could that be? Is God big enough? Now, here's the question that makes your head hurt if you're Gary. Could God be big enough that he got you here today as a saved person in the Sand Hill Church because he wanted you here, but for the last 40 years, you still got free will to do what you wanted to do. Can God do that? <laughs> I mean, he gave you free will to do whatever you wanted, but he still got you where he wanted you to go. I don't know, guys, but I just this is what I believe. I don't believe you're here by accident. I, re I can remember very specifically when most of you came into this church. I remember the very first time you walked into the door. And I've always believed this. I've told most of you to your face. I've always believed this. God brought you here because God wanted you here. You say, no, I decided. Okay, go ahead and believe that. <laughs> but you're here. You're here. Here's nothing. Here's nothing. Why'd you stay? Bessie, you've been here a long time. We've made you mad. We've done bad things. We've done all kinds of things. We've done everything we could to her to get rid of her. She's still here. Why? She made good decisions to stay? No. <laughs> is anybody getting this? Why are all of you still here? This is where God wants you. He puts you here. And he keeps you here. And... 
That's a little mind-boggling for me. If you would just think, I'm not asking you to think like Gary, but I would just, I would sincerely like for you to do this. I think it would be a blessing to you in, in all of your lives. Everybody here, whether you've been in this church for 50 years or whether you've been here for a, a couple of weeks, can you look at your past and see God's hand? Can you? Can you see there was just something controlling your life? I mean, can you see that? I, 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 I mean this as politely as I can. If you don't, you're just not paying attention. Because God's working in all of your lives. He's working in all of your lives. Amen. He's bringing you where He wants you to be. You say, no, it was me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't you. It was God. And as I look back over my life, I just see that all the things that could have happened, it didn't happen. And I'm here. Right? And do you see something bigger than you happening? And that's really the big question. I'm not here to argue Calvinist or Arminianism. I'm just here to ask you, sitting at Sand Hill Church, is there something bigger than you going on? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. <clears throat> so what is God doing at Sand Hill? Where God has brought us from, has God done anything in this church? And some of you have been here for a long time. And some of you know the, the obstacles we've overcome and the things that we've went through and the not-so-pretty things that have happened. Was God in control? Did God bring us to where we're at? You say, was that our free will or God's sovereignty? I don't know. I just know that God has done a pretty miraculous work in Sand Hill Church. And I think you'd have to really be kind of blind not to see that, to see what God has done and is doing, and to not see the, what, are the, what do they call it, what's that word? Um, providence. Do we like that better? I mean, sovereignty means we get no say. Providence means God's in control. I don't know, maybe that makes you feel better. But can you not look at the Sand Hill Church and see it wasn't Gary, it wasn't Josh, it was God. <laughs> if you think that we figured out how to do camp and OCC and outreach ministry and all the things we're doing because we're really smart, you guys are really stupid. Okay? I just let you know you guys are really stupid. It isn't us. It's God. And you say, Pastor, you're giving us more questions than you are answers. Yeah, I know. But I do want you to think just a little bit. I, I don't, my desire was not for you to walk out here saying, I'm not a Calvinist or I'm not an Arminian. That was not my desire. My desire was for you to walk out of here saying, God's always been in control of my life. When I was a teenager, messing around with girls, God was in control. When I was thinking about making some horrible decisions, God was in control. When I tried to go the wrong way, he got me to go the right way. When I didn't want to go Sand Hill, he brought me to Sand Hill. When I didn't want to be a preacher, he made me a preacher. Is anybody tracking with me? Does anybody say that happened to me? This was not my plan, but here I am. I think we'd all have to say that. 
And we could just go through everybody's life here and look at it and really see how God's been in control. And I think whether you're a Calvinist or an Arminianism, I think you uh, have to agree God's in control. God's in control. God's got a plan. <clears throat> the callings he has put together at Sandhill Church have been preaching about that for several weeks. If you really see what's going on at Sandhill, it is really phenomenal how new people are stepping up and taking new positions and moving into new callings and new things are happening and all the new ministries are starting and all the things God is bringing together. The pieces of the puzzle are just fitting together perfectly. That's not because we have good leadership. It's because we have a good God. That, that's what it is. It's, it's, it, we have a good God. And, and, and I said a few weeks back that can, God, can the Holy Spirit lead every last one of you to fit perfectly with everybody else here to make a perfect picture of God? And that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. So our callings are coming from God. If we obey our callings, it works perfect. And if you think you can figure that out, you should be pastoring the church and not me. Because that is mind-blowing how all that can happen. Listen, there, now at Sandhill Church, I know I said, this, I said this before it ever happened, but now at Sandhill Church, it isn't like we're all from the same place. It isn't like we all were raised the same. It isn't like we all came the same background, the same denomination, same teaching. We now are a hodgepodge of just everything. We got, we got Yankees and we got hillbillies. We got Catholics and we got Baptists. We got Pentecostals. We got, we've got everything you can possibly think of. And God said, I don't care. I made a calling to bring all of you together to make my picture of what the church is supposed to be. Can we say hallelujah? That, that's how big God is. He doesn't have to have, he doesn't have to have everybody thinking the same way. He said, bring them all in as different as you want and I'll make them all the same because we're all part of the body of Christ. And that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Last thing on the paper. If God's been doing great things to bring us where he is, if God's got a plan and got in control, is there anybody here that thinks God's probably got a plan for the future? I mean, that just makes sense. You say, what's the future of Sandy Hold? I have no clue. I have no clue. But I believe God's got a plan. I believe God's doing something. I believe it would be, I don't know if I'm allowed to use this word, but I believe it would be wasteful of God to pour everything he has into this church and then say, yep, nothing else to do. Does that sound like God? I'm going to invest everything I've got. I'm going to bring them up to a great point, but I'm not having no reason for that. I'm just doing it. See, God's not a wasteful God. God, God, God has a plan, and all that he has done to bring us to the place he has is because he has a place for us to go. Anybody believe that? Come on, give me an amen. Anybody believe that? Everything he's done up to this point is because he has a plan for where we're going. And you say, is it our decisions? Is it God in control? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God's in control. Let's just get on board and say, wherever this train's going, I'm going with it. Amen? That's the plan. See, we get to heaven, we might find out, the Calvinists were right all along. We were, they were completely right. We might get to heaven and we might say it was all free. But can I say, it doesn't really matter. All of you guys who don't care, you're on the right side of this thing. Okay? But what does matter? God's doing something. We can see that clearly from our lives. He's doing something today. He's doing something tomorrow. Make sure you're part of it. 
We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.